morning's gospel reading comes to us through Matthew. Listen for God's word. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking to them. <coughs> then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, we will make thee a dwelling here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. Within him, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up. And do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And they were overcome with, as they came down the mountain. Jesus ordered them, tell no one about this vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Here ends this morning's gospel reading. Let us pray. O come, Holy Spirit, come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Come as the water and refresh. Holy One, convict us and convert us and consecrate us until we are wholly and completely yours. Amen. Well, as you may know, this story rolls around every year on this particular Sunday, Transfiguration Sunday. And I think it's a story uh, in which we're meant to put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples, three of Jesus' closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, trudging up a high mountain, and they did not know what was in store for them at the top, but something spectacular occurred. Jesus, whom they had been following for, lo, these many weeks, is transfigured before their eyes, glowing white And appearing with him, Moses and Elijah, two of the most important figures in the history of Israel. And so we're meant to understand through this spectacular scene that Jesus is the fulfillment of Jewish history. The fulfillment of God's covenant, God's promise to the people of God and by extension to all of humanity. Uh, And so Jesus in this scene, as a colleague of mine, uh, spoke to me about his understanding of the text. This is as if Jesus is the lens through which God can clearly see us and we can clearly see God. And as if we don't quite understand the meaning of this, a voice comes from the clouds, from the heavens, the voice of God saying, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, I think that that last phrase is something we often gloss over as we think about and read this this scripture lesson, this text, but it's on that that I want to reflect with you for a few minutes this morning in this uh, short homily. To listen. Jesus is the God-man through whom we have a clear picture of God, and the simple commandment of God is to listen. Just that. But 
how do we do that? How is it possible that we might listen to God? I want to talk this morning a little bit about prayer, about your prayer life. And I hope that all of you have a prayer life. If nothing else, that when your head hits the pillow, you take a moment uh, to have a conversation with God. Often people give thanks for the day. Uh, But I hope that you're encouraged also to develop uh, disciplines that might intentionally set aside time for conversation. Uh, I use a podcast, actually, in my prayer life. It's called Pray As You Go. You can use it in your commute if you're driving or if you're on uh, public transit. It's a great way to uh, make your prayer life a discipline. Now, I think probably few of us have had spiritual experiences quite as spectacular as Peter, James, and John, who saw Jesus transfigured on that mountain. And yet, I'm sure that there are many people in this sanctuary who have had uh, very impactful spiritual moments. I certainly can say that I have had uh, a number of them, ones that I might refer to even as conversion experiences, those mountaintop moments of insight of spiritual clarity. And yet, if you've had such moments, you know they don't last for long. The disciples and Jesus in this scene had to go back down to the plain, off the mountain, and so spiritual life is lived out amidst the slogging it out of the daily grind. Prayer, in many ways, is just showing up for the conversation, like any relationship, just taking the time to be together. Anne Lamott is one of my favorite spiritual writers, Christian writers, and uh, she writes a lot about writing. Uh, And in some ways, it can be compared to the spiritual life. It can be compared to prayer. And she says, you know, 99% of writing or 98% of writing is just showing up with a pen in your hand because you never know when God might speak. I have to say, as a sometime writer, that's been my experience. Whenever anything good comes, it doesn't seem to be coming from me, but some other source. And so the, the key is simply showing up at that desk with a pen in your hand or with a Bible. Prayer is, in a lot of ways, just showing up for the conversation. But think about when you pray, what happens. Often, people ask for things. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. The, Spirit, the Sermon on the Mount, which we focused on the last couple of weeks, Jesus says, Ask, seek, knock in your spiritual life. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And yet, we might think about whether we take the time when we ask to listen for what the response might be. Uh, to try to discern when we seek what is it that we shall find What does that door opening mean? What does that mean for us in our life? Do we listen as we pray? Lately, I find that I have been trying to do that much more intentionally as I pray, Uh, not only to give thanks, not only to ask for things, Lord, protect my son and guide him, but to listen, Um, listen about really specific things that I need to find answers for. And one might wonder, you know, how could God possibly care about the minutiae, the details of my life? And yet that is the miracle of incarnation, that the uh, infinite and almighty became human in a particular person who has told us that God cares. 
God has numbered even the number of hairs on our head. And so we should take those things to God in prayer and listen. I do a monthly meeting with my spiritual director. I do spiritual direction. Uh, And it's all about basically, it's all about the question, you know, where is God in that? You talk about your life, you talk about what's going on, and your spiritual director, you know, eventually says, where's God in that? Seems like kind of an easy job in a way. And yet she is an extremely wise person uh, to help guide me into answering that question. Where is God in your life? So when you pray, listen. That's point number one of this very short sermon this morning. But second point is, I think, the more important one. As Christian people, we we cannot exist uh, as atoms, as isolated units out there praying to God. It's not just about me and Jesus. It's important that we have a personal relationship with Christ. But that's not all it is. More important is to come together as a community to listen, to discern what God is doing among us and through us as a community. It's a team sport. And so um, that's what we're doing this morning. By the way, uh, those of you who know Presbyterian polity know that when we elect elders to the session, we're not electing them to represent you. It's different from the kind of government that exists in Washington, which actually was, was uh, patterned after Calvin's model that he created for the government of Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, so Presbyterian polity is the basis for our United States form of government, but it's very different in, as it exists here in that when you elect elders, you don't elect them to represent you. You actually elect them to represent one person. Perhaps you can guess who that is. The session, the governing body of this church, consists of elders elected to discern the will of God. And that may mean making decisions that are unpopular among the people. So all that to say that what we do as a community is to try to discern what God is doing among us. And I think we've done that um, over the years. We've actually put some uh, energy over the last decade or so, to listening. Five years ago, uh, I know I've spoken about this with a fair bit of frequency the last while, we did what was called a strategic planning process. Actually, at some point, I think we called it a strategic listening process. And out of that came something pretty specific, a recommitment to reaching out to the community, to reaching out to people who are very different from us, people coming from prison, But the process of listening is never done. We always need to keep doing it. And so as Kyle mentioned today, what we're doing in worship, as an act of worship, is a very specific way of listening. We're filling out a survey. It's a national survey that will help congregations throughout the United States to think about who we are as a church at this time. But it's also going to help us as a congregation to understand who we are. It will be very useful to us as we seek to understand where God is calling us into the future. And so in a very few short moments when I stop talking, um, you're going to be using your blue or black pen in filling out that survey. And as Kyle encouraged you, I also encourage you to think of this as an act of worship, as an act of listening for the 
voice of Christ among us, calling us forward into the future. Uh, If you have already done the survey, good for you. You have a few moments to meditate uh, and to pray and do it now. And make that a, a new beginning in your prayer life as the, the season of Lent begins. But now let us take a moment to pray as we seek to listen and as we fill out the United States Congregational Vitality Survey. Uh, when the hymn plays, if you haven't finished, we'll hopefully give people plenty of time. But if somehow you haven't finished when the hymn plays, uh, please do take time later in the service or after to fill it out. And as Kyle mentioned, Uh, Give it to him as you enter the pancake breakfast, and if you're not coming, just leave it on your pew.